Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of McMinnville podcast. Founded in 2007, UUFM is a gathering place for people who embrace a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are located in the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley wine country. Please visit us on the web at macuuf.org, M-A-C-U-U-F dot org. And if you are ever in or near the McMinnville area, don't hesitate to stop by and visit us. UUFM gathers in love and service for justice and peace. As I mentioned before, our guest speaker today is Navneet Kaur. Finally, the combines and tractors got out of her way on the road here. They cleared the path for her. She has arrived. Welcome. Uh, Navneet is an adjunct instructor at Chemeketa Community College in Salem. She's an active member of the Dasmesh Darbar Sikh Temple. In 2018, she became involved with the Innovation Law Lab and was an integral part of their pro bono team that helped to free over 100 immigrant detainees from the Federal Correctional Institution in Sheridan, Oregon. Please give Navneet a very warm UUFM welcome. will take up some time um, before my lecture, but Jim took, my, <laughs> took that from me. <laughs> I am deeply apologetic for walking in late here. Um, at times, my estimation of travel times has been severely faulty, and my dependence on navigation system that landed me to the other side of the building on Lafayette Highway. So I am so sorry about my lateness. Um, as Jay mentioned, I am an, I'm a teacher, not a preacher. So you would see me consulting my notes every now and then because I don't want to miss anything. I hope that is okay because otherwise I'll be lost. <laughs> I'll give you a quick background on Sikhism. It is one of the youngest monotheistic religions in the world, um, uh, which was founded a little over 500 years ago in 1469 by Guru Nanak, his story you just heard. He was deeply unhappy with the present state of um, social and religious setup of the time when people were being ruled by uh, Middle Eastern rulers and they were suppressed and oppressed and they seeked refuge in religion and superstitions and religious rituals. Uh, so the leaders of the time were taking advantage, the religious leaders of the time were taking advantage of that fear and that um, uh, misery. And so he was deeply unhappy and he went from town to town, from city to city, on foot, from country to country, by the way, on foot to uh, spreading the message, the holy message that religion does not lie in superstitions, on superfluous, um, in, in rituals. It lies in good hearts and good deeds. Um, and so Sikhism was founded. It is um, the fifth largest in the world, fifth largest religion in the world. It's 27 million followers worldwide. 
uh, out of which 800,000, close to 800,000, have settled in settled in uh, in United States. Um, and there's there are stories behind that, for which we probably, if possible, can meet again. Um, it's centered in the northeastern state of Punjab. The word Sikh, and it is Sikh, not Sikh. Um, you could say S I C K H, if that makes any sense. I believe that that would be the the Sikh. Um, means disciple, disciple of the Guru, um, a seeker of truth. The word Guru means teacher in simple form. Uh, etymologically speaking, uh, Guru can be divided into two words, separate words. Gu means darkness, ignorance, and Ru means light, the dispeller of ignorance. So the Guru would be someone who would take us from ignorance, from darkness, to light of knowledge. Uh, and you already, I've already given you the, the uh, many, even um, many Sikhs now have started calling themselves Sikh because that's what the common pronunciation is, but I try to stick to Sikh. 90% um, of the men you will see in the United States that wear turbans are Sikhs. Uh, Gurdwara is a place of worship for uh, for Sikhs. It is also a place of community get-together every week, um, just like this. Um, all who enter the Gurdwara must remove their shoes and cover their heads, just as a sign of respect. Um, everyone is welcome, regardless of caste, color, uh, social status, political background, um, ethnicity, nationality, everyone is welcome there. Uh, langar, which is uh, the free communal meal, is a big part of Gurdwara. Every Gurdwara must have langar. Um, there are three basic tenets of Sikhism. Um, we call, I'll say it in Punjabi first and then uh, describe it for you. It's Nam Chapna, which is uh, living in the remembrance of God and meditating upon his name. Vandachakna means uh, sharing with others before partaking yourself. And uh, Kirtkarni means be hard work and honest living. And out of that um, hard work and honest living, you are supposed to, uh, you are not, you are mandated to share uh, with your neighbors, with your um, community uh, with everyone. The basic beliefs of Sikhism are there is only one God. One God, monotheistic. Um, everyone is equal, all mankind is equal. And um, speaking against injustice, all Sikhs are, are mandated to speak up against injustice and defend the defenseless. Uh, it is a Sikh's duty to do that. And, and it, Sikhs are also mandated to, as I already mentioned, stay in the remembrance of God, not as a fear, just, just acknowledging and staying in his, his or her remembrance. I'll be, I don't want to be <laughs> constrained into Sikh because there's only one God in Sikhism. 
and it that God has no color, no form, no shape, just a, an overpower. Everyone, religious freedom is big in Sikhism. Everyone has the right to follow their own path without the fear, without um, any sort of condemnation or coercion from others. And fear of condemnation is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, and emphasis on leading on a moral and ethical life. A Sikh should represent moral responsibility um, and righteousness. This is what is mandated, and I'm not saying that everyone does that, but this is what a Sikh is supposed to do. Sikhism rejects all forms of rituals, uh, such as idol worship, uh, pilgrimages, fasting, and superstitions, and anything that symbolizes an outward, just a, a, a manifestation of being religious, you know. It has to be in the heart, and the heart has to be good, and that goodness needs to be shared with others. Service to others is big. Um, the primary task, as the Guru says, the primary task of a Sikh's life is to help the poor and the needy and defenseless. That is the primary task of this life. Quality at all levels, not just human beings, even in genders. Uh, women has been held in high esteem in uh, Sikh history. The Sikh scriptures say, as in equality, there is light in all, and that light is the divine one. Everyone is molded with the same clay. And as far as gender equality is concerned, the first Guru, Guru Nanak, at the time there was, the status of women was really bad when he um, formed Sikhism, or when he founded Sikhism. Uh, women were not were not allowed to participate in, in, in any religious activities. Um, they were just objects staying in home, doing the job and produce, reproducing um, children. Uh, but he worked tirelessly to reform and redefine the status of women in society. And he said in Sikh scriptures, um, it's his words, Soko manta akhye chit jan. Why to put the one down? Why to call her bad? From her the kings have come. And this is uh, registered in Guru Granth Sahib on page 473. Um, I have had, um, and, and there was, it was a special uh, request by Kathleen that I talk a little bit about our attire and um, the turban and the long hair, unshown hair. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. In the 16th century, mid-16th century, um, the 10th Guru formed the Khalsa. And the Khalsa means the pure one. And up until then, the Sikh Gurus did not believe in... They believed in the spiritual... Fighting the spiritual battle to... Um, maintain their, the faith and all. But the 10th Guru said, you know, this is time we have resolved all, we've tried to resolve everything um, by means of dialogue, by means of talks, uh, but nothing has come out of it. And so we can't 
let these foreign rulers kill us like that. So he prepared an army and he said, you are my Khalsa, you are distinguished soul. This is your uniform. You have a turban, you have long unshorn hair, you have a beard. And there was a second uh, importance to this that was when the 10th Guru, when the 9th Guru was uh, martyred uh, because he stood up for the Hindu faith in, in India and the Hindu Rajas approached him and said, what do we do? We are being killed, we are being tortured, I, our women are being raped, our children are being killed um, because we would not convert to Islam. Please help us. And he said, go to Aurangzeb and tell him that if you convert Guru Teg Bahadur, we all will convert to Islam. So Guru Teg Bahadur was arrested and taken to Delhi and tortured for days and months before he was killed. And when uh, people came back, he was beheaded and one of the Sikhs brought his head home because the body was not given to anyone. He took the head home and Guru Gobind Singh, who was 10 years, 9 years old, at that time the 10th Guru, said, were there any Sikhs watching this? And the person said, it's, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell from their faces because we don't have a way to tell who is a Sikh and who is a Hindu and who is a Muslim. And so he gave that form to us, that the turban and the beard, and the long gun shown here, so you're clearly identifiable, and if people need your help, they can approach you. So he gave us the Amrit also, that's called the Nectar the Ambrosia, and he gave us a dress code. It is God's, it's, it's the Guru's gift to us. Um, there are five, we have five mandated items that we must have when we have taken the nectar, the amrit. And one is the long unshown hair. They are God-given, you shouldn't, un they should be uncut and clean. Kirpan, it's a small dagger that we keep. And it's been an article of contention in much of the world. But Sikhs have won all known Kirpan cases that have gone to court up until the date in the United States and Canada. And, and I think the recently, Australia has banned Kirpan six from wearing a hat cover um, or keeping long hair um, if they're in some government jobs. I, I believe so, I'm not absolutely certain if that's the country. Um, it is only meant to be an article of faith, of faith and a reminder to stand up and the commitment to truth and standing up against injustice and a commitment to protecting the defenseless. It's not to be taken out, not out, out of the sheep. Not, we are not allowed to do that unless there is a life and death uh, situation, which is what happened in Wisconsin a few years ago when um, a gentleman walked in with a rifle and killed six people, six people uh, sitting in the, the bar in, in the Gurdwara and um, shot them. And one of the uh, members who had a dagger pulled it out and stabbed him and that's how he uh, kind of stopped him from uh, killing more people because he was wounded himself. So those are the kind of situations that we might uh, are allowed to take out the dagger, but otherwise it's just a symbol 
and it's just a, a reminder of our commitment to to fighting this spiritual battle and protecting the goodness and the weak. The kaira, it's a, it's an, a cast iron bracelet. Um, it's formed in a circle, as you can see, uh, with no beginning, no end. Um, it, it kind of symbolizes God's nature, uh, uh, his, his benevolent nature with no beginning and no end. And it's also a symbol of unbreakable attachment and commitment to God and a reminder of six mission to earth, righteous deeds and helping the poor and needy. Kachera is long shorts um, undergarment and only symbolizes, uh, the, it indicates the, the chastity and um, high moral character. And Ganga, a small comb that's supposed to be kept in here. Um, it symbolizes the clean mind and uh, cleanliness of body. Like it also helps keep your hair clean. Men's turban, it has various, uh, various significant, it's, it's significant in many ways. Um, it represents self-respect and dignity in six. And it was given at a time when aristo dressing aristocratically could mean death. So common men like us were not allowed to dress aristocratically. Turban was only meant for the kings and the lords and, and the people in high um, status. Common men could not dress like that. So we were given the turban so we could see, it's also a symbol of equality. So we could see ourselves at par with um, emperors and kings and the lords. Uh, it also means to identify a Sikh in a crowd, as I already mentioned. Um, and there have been recent cases. I know that about 10 years ago, um, there was a case when um, I think there was uh, this ban in Oregon on head covers and head garbs um, uh, for, for public school teachers. And it, that's, that's a recent, uh, most recent case, case of victory in Oregon that I, I remember for that. Um, I think that's just about it, about the background. Um, and Kathleen also wanted me to talk about, um, and I think you all want me to talk about a uh, little bit about my commitment to the Sheridan project and how I get, got involved in that project. And you know, um, hearing all that I had to say about what my faith is and how it, it drives us to do, um, to help others. And I remember the first time when I, and I'm gonna cry in the middle of it, so please forgive me. I start talking about it and I, I just lose it. I remember the, f remember the first time I heard about it, I, one of my friends called from Vancouver and he said, um, have you heard that there are about 100 some men in, in Sheridan um, that belong to like, India and other countries? Uh, from Mexico, India, Africa, and we are not. And I'm like, in 
Sheridan prison? What are they doing? That's not an immigration prison. What are they doing there? And just somehow, I just, I was working in Dallas um, on that day. Uh, my husband owns a store there. Just picked up my car and I just came to the prison. I'm like, you know, I am just, I don't know, can I have, like, can I, I, those guys might not know how to speak in, in English. There's, they might not know how to communicate with you guys. Can I talk to them and, or can I just ask them if they have any, have any needs and communicate them to you? And they're like, ma'am, what are you doing? Just go back home. I'm not allowed to, you know, it's, this, they won't allow me in. And I just, I knew it, but I didn't want to re like acknowledge it. You know, I just went there. And then I was like, can you please, please, please let me talk to at least one of them? Ma'am, no. Don't you know the law? I'm like, oh gosh, I do, but I thought you might just, you know, make this ex exception. So he sent, it, sent me back. And then I called um, one of the um, people in Innovation Law Lab and that evening and asked them to, uh, you know, let me give a chance to, you know, to help them out in that. So they did, and um, and that that went on for months, and that's still going on because uh, I'm now the other mother for those guys. <laughs> so. So I think, I think the only thing that was in my heart at that time was to help out these guys because they have no one here. They are in a prison, not in immigration detention. And that's gotta be demoralizing, deeply demoralizing for anyone. <coughs> and, and true enough, when we met them in those tattered jumpsuits, dirty and tired jumpsuits. They, would, they did not go a day that they didn't cry. And they were like, just can you get, out of, get us out of here. Somehow get us out of here. And, and they, would, they would say, um, I think two of them even said, you know, it's better to die than be here. And that was truly heartrending. I cannot tell you enough how depressed and how I think Kathleen has seen those days. And how uh, much faith in humanity I had lost in those days. I suggest, I, one of the days when we waited for hours to meet a guy, uh, one person, and he was in the special cells. And we would we just waited and waited and waited and I I was like, you know, I don't know if I wanna live in this world. Because I feel like it's not worth it. And 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 Katie Mitchell, who was uh, the then innovation law lab representative there said, you know, go home lovely, take a break from this. It's got to be hard for anyone. Um, so I think that's 